Welcome to You Need a Coach, Bitch. I'm your host, Chris Hale. I'm a certified life coach and coach instructor. I'm also a master dance educator and self-proclaimed Zenial Pop Diva. Every week, I bring you a conversation to help you harness your inner authority by popping the patriarchy and crafting the life of your dreams. Are you ready to unleash your inner creator? Let's go. Besties, how are you? What is up? What are the cool jams? Um, <laughs> I hope everyone is doing well and that you're finding some peace and some flow and some love, self-love, or any other kind of love in your life. I am going to be real. I am so tired. I feel like I've already had a very busy week and it's only Wednesday. Um, but it's been very full. Soul Cycle update. I'm officially an instructor again. I got sent my contract, um, or offer letter or whatever, and had a meeting with them and went through like onboarding. So yeah, I'm back. I'm not on the schedule yet. I don't know when that will happen. I think I did onboarding early because I couldn't make the onboarding for the New York area studios. So I ended up hopping on onboarding last Friday with the outer markets like Chicago and DC. But I don't think they were ready to like push the rest of my stuff through, like getting my email address, etc. So I'm excited. It's going to be fun. I can't wait to get back on the bike. And if you're in the jurors, Come to Short Hills and ride with me. If you want to go and take a ride with me, what else? That's pretty much it. That's all that's going on in newness. Today, I want to talk about performance and self-worth. So last week, or not last week, two weeks ago, because I see my therapist every two weeks, we were talking about like, self-worth and that sort of thing. And so often my self-worth and value has come from performance. And that's not great because it's really hard. Like performance, performing is really hard. Like being the best, achieving. Um, I'm realizing as I'm unmasking that... I really don't have the energy or access to the person who could push through. I don't even know who they are. Like, I'm like, where did that Chris go? They're gone. So um, it's been really interesting. My therapist wanted me to come up with um, three things that I like liked about myself, right? Or that I could like, I guess like be proud of. Um, And we kind of also like, we're, I think we've talked about this, that, like, we're doing a lot of, like, inner, inner child, like, heal that little child in you work. Um, so kind of stuff like that, like, where we were talking about, like, what what things from, from being a child, what maybe I have been proud of, etc. And, you know, it was really, really hard. I was not able to come up with anything. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Around, like, that wasn't performance-based. And because, like... I think that so much of what I like about me is stuff that 
like my empathy, but I only really see my empathy when I'm doing my work, right? Because it's really the only time that I'm engaging um, and interacting with the world. So whether it be like teaching dance or being a real estate agent or being a coach, right? I have this like really high capacity for empathy, um, but like I tap into that for the sake of my work. Um, I feel like I have this ability to put other people at ease. And again, when I, I feel good about that when it's attached to my work. When I don't feel good about that is probably a lot of times where that developed, which was in my need to focus on other people's needs and other people's um, moods, etc., for my sense of safety. And again, like wearing a mask of being the person who is amenable to other people and supportive of other people at my own expense, right? So it's just, it's so weird because I feel like I'm really good at what I do. (laughs) Um, And I'm really proud of that. But again, it is sort of tied to like performance. It's tied to achievement. You know, I started thinking about it And one of the reasons that is even a thing for me is because I feel like growing up, I, there was a lot of support around what I was good at. So I was really talented as a dancer and a performer. And that was like very much supported, which I am grateful for. um, Because it's, you know, been a, a life that has, has been really good for me. There is a downside to this because there was a point when I like wanted to stop doing all that and it was sort of like not an option. Um, so there wasn't a lot of like autonomy. There wasn't a lot of like even like like bodily autonomy of like what I was allowed to do with my body. It was like, nope, you dance now. You have to keep doing that with your body even if you don't like it. But at the same time, it was something that like I was excelling in and that was really, I think, good for me in a lot of ways, obviously, right? But on the other side of it, I never really pursued anything that I wasn't good at. And that's what I really want to focus on today around performance and self-worth is because we've talked about before, like how we build self-confidence, right? We have to build self-confidence by failing, right? We have to like build that muscle of going out into the world, trying something, having it not go our way. And being able to like have our back and support ourselves through the failures to work toward things um, and really build that relationship with ourselves. And I never really got to do that. And even academically, like academics were not really like they, they fucking were really hard for me. I'm realizing again, a lot of the reasons why they were probably really hard for me as I'm discovering more about like my sensory issues and um, the way my brain works and how it's not typical, like all of those things, like it's like, it's becoming so clear how so many of the reasons why I didn't excel in school and didn't excel in certain things is because of my brain. But um, there weren't like accommodations made. It was just like, Oh, you're not really like crushing this. So let's not like find a way to, help you get better at it. Let's just like, you can just like get by on the best grades that you can get 
pass school and get out. And I never went to college because I didn't have any any confidence in myself that I would be able to handle like an academic life. That's where I feel like it is so important for us to step outside of our comfort zone. And we need to learn how to do that in a way where we're supporting ourselves with our needs. So I haven't really figured that out. I'm just bringing it to you as a topic today um, as I'm going through this journey of like really being compassionate with myself around what my needs are and realizing that there is so much that I want to do. There are so many things that I want to accomplish. And I think I am capable of doing them, but I need to have a system in place that supports me around my needs because I do not have the ability to override them anymore. Because once you lift that veil, you just can't unsee it, right? Like it's just like, oh, now I now I know what's there. I cannot ignore that anymore. The other part of it that I think is really interesting is because there was so much emphasis on what I was already good at and I was gifted in those areas, I had this expectation that I needed to be perfect in those areas, right? Like if I'm good at this, I should never be bad at it sort of thing, which was really interesting. <laughs> was one of the... um the factors with me going to Soul Cycle in the first place, right? Where I was like, oh my God, this is riding, this is dancing on a bike. I, I should be good at this, right? That kind of drove me to go back. And I was able to get good at it. But just noticing there, right? How like my perfectionism and my um, inability to accept anything that was less than the best in an area where, in my opinion, I should have excelled was not okay. And I don't think that like that is and that's not nope that's nobody's fault, right? It's just that like I was already grappling with perfectionism. I was already grappling with um trying to never make mistakes and never fail and go unnoticed and fly under the radar because so much of the attention I got as a child was negative attention based on like my quote-unquote deficiencies, right, or places where I was a burden to other people, you get really good at just, like, keeping quiet while you're where you're struggling. And so that's a whole nother layer of it. And I just think that, like, it just got kind of transferred into things that I was also good at, right? So what do we do about this, right? How do we kind of reconcile it? Because... I feel like there are probably a lot of you out there that have similar situations where you really have equated your performance with self-worth and you are sort of trying to parse out like where where is the real you? What is your identity? And that might be similar to me where like you have a diagnosis and you're starting to see some other things that aren't stacking up and you're wondering about other things. Or it's just that like, you've gotten to a particular stage in your life where, I mean, let's be honest, I think that lockdown was this for so many people. I was just talking to a couple of coach friends today where we had that space to really kind of strip away and learn ourselves a little bit. And it's been hard to, again, like shove that information away and still be able to show up in ways that maybe were not so healthy for us, but we're actually helping us like kind of get by or make money. I mean, we need to make money, right? We live in this society where money is 
a, a thing. And so if you're struggling with that, there's a couple of things that I would recommend to myself and to my clients. One is starting to be more present. And I know that like you're like, oh, presence, mindfulness. And what I mean by more present is just like being with whoever it is, like whatever version of yourself is showing up in a moment, like be with that version of you. That is part of you. Even if you never see that side of you again, like that's who you are in the moment and that's okay. And whatever you're capable of, doing or not doing in that moment is okay, right? So this is this like radical acceptance around who we are in each moment. One of the ways that we can get there is obviously always through questions, right? As a coach, I'm always looking to like, what are the questions that are going to move us forward on the path that we want to be on? And one of those questions is just like, what would feel really good right now? Right. And funnily enough, we this came up when we were talking about intuitive scheduling. Right. So this is part of that same framework. Right. It's like the unshaming. When we unmask, we're also unshaming. And part of unshaming means confronting what feels good for us. And so many of us have been taught that what feels good for us should be shameful. Right. Especially like us queer folks. We've been told from a very young age that we should be ashamed of what our desires are. And so when we start to like lift the mask, like maybe you did your work around your sexuality um, and sex and desire, but maybe you have never done that work around other specific needs. And I think that that's a really important work to do. So what would feel good right now? It might feel good to just sit on the couch. And not do anything for six hours. That might feel good. I remember there was a time when I don't, this doesn't happen as much anymore, but like years ago where like I would just be burnt out and I would like be on the couch. And I know like (laughs) I've heard this from so many people now. So I know it's like very much an ADHD thing, but like just you can't do anything all day. And you're like on the couch, on the couch, on the couch. And then like 30 minutes before you have to go somewhere, you do everything, right? Or for me, it would be like, oh, before Kaylin was coming home, I'd be able to like whip around the apartment. We lived in a small enough apartment. I could never do that in this house. (laughs) I'd get like one room done. But we lived in a small enough apartment where I could like zip around and basically take care of everything that needed to get done for the day in like an hour. And I would tell that self that that's totally fine. It is totally fine to function in that way. If that's what you need, you can even thrive in that way. And the thing that stops us from thriving is the narrative that we're telling ourselves about the fact that it's not okay to be that way, right? That there's something wrong with us. So if you're sitting on the couch for six hours and you're like, I should not be doing this and you're having this internal battle, that's not going to help you, right? This is where we lean into what feels good for me right now, Who is the person that I showed up as today, right? My energy is very inconsistent. I don't know, like, if I'm going to have access to physical energy, like mental energy, even on medication. So becoming one with that. And now this is coming from a place of privilege, I realize, because I do primarily work from home um, at this point. And so not everybody has the 
capability of doing that. But if you do have the capability of doing that, or whatever your version of that looks like, right, can you make peace with that and let that be okay and really work in the space of what would feel good? Because, right, oftentimes when I was going from a performance-based perspective, it didn't feel good. I wasn't doing those things because they actually excited me or made me like happy. It was because I would get the reward of validation for performing a way that I knew people were going to approve of, right? So that's really hard to let go of. But when we can flip it and we can sort of take ourselves into that space of like what would feel good, there is so much healing that can be done for ourselves in that moment. And remember, nothing is permanent. I think that's the last thing that I want to talk about is that like these are phases that we're moving through. I touched on that around when we were talking about boundaries in terms of like where I'm at with specific people and how I don't have the expectation that like that's the space I'm going to be in forever. It's just the space that I'm in at the moment while I work through some things. And that would be like, I think the biggest takeaway, if you take anything away from this episode, is just that like everything is impermanent. It's all transient. Part of me really realizes that is like cognitively aware of the fact that like even, right, like the lack of consistency with my energy. Like I was talking to my therapist today about like, I just wish there was some part of me that I could rely on, but it's so inconsistent. And I was like, well, I guess that's the consistent thing. The consistent thing I can rely on is that I'm inconsistent. Um, And maybe that's the space I need to start in. But it's all impermanent. It's all transient. And you're not going to feel this way forever. And I know that like that can be a really big thing for us people that have these brains where we're like, we think that the thing we're experiencing is going to last forever. And so that's where a lot of the like compounding comes from, because we're just like going so far into the future and thinking about every permutation of what could potentially go wrong based on the information we have in the moment, which is we feel like shit, (laughs) but we think we're going to feel like shit forever. And so that's where we start to freak ourselves out. So, and then on the other side of this coin, we really do need to kind of find places, like other places, to appreciate, right? Appreciate ourselves in terms of self-worth. So what are the places that you can think about now where you really, really like yourself? I was thinking about um, me as a kid and like... I know so many of you are going to relate to this, but like I used to like line up all of my Barbie dolls and like take pictures of them or like all of my stuffed animals um, or unicorns. Like they would all be like lined up, all my little collections of things. And um, sometimes I would not take pictures of them, but I I did find a, a, a Polaroid of all my Barbies a while back. But yeah, like just like lining them all up on my dresser. And like that that just felt so good, right? It just felt so good. And it wasn't like, as a child, it wasn't something that I would have associated with like OCD. Like it wasn't stressful. It was just something I really like to do. I like to look at my collection of things. Um, And I got a lot of joy out of that. So like that is something to like kind of celebrate about myself as a child. And it's something I can still celebrate now because I see pieces of that in my creativity in terms of like the collections in my office. It now has a more like design aesthetic going on 
But again, it's not stressful. And this is where it's like hard because part of my job of my entire life has been as a creator and as an artist, but I'm not wrapping my self-worth up into like the little collections of things. Or I got into like a um my special interest for a while was like arranging flowers and it just felt good. It felt creative. It felt good. And it didn't feel like I was like tying my value to whether or not I could like make a nice flower arrangement. It was just something that I was like exploring that felt playful. And that's the direction that we can go to when we're starting to think about worth. Like I am wor- like I am worthy of experiencing that kind of play, right? And when we can tap into that, And then from a business perspective, shift into, okay, what did that feel like with play? How do I show up and play online? More people are going to be drawn to us based on the person who showed up online playfully versus the person that showed up with an agenda to move people along their funnel. So this has practical applications for all of you out there who are building a business, who do want to be showing up. I I hate to use the word more more authentically because I just feel like that's become such like like self-helpy, jargony, whatever, but like more truly, right? Like more truly who you are at your core that is playful and childlike, more people are going to be drawn to you and that's going to be more exciting for you. All right, my friends, I hope that you have an amazing week. Go out there, find some play, do your thing, and we'll talk soon. Bye. If you are loving the podcast, it's time to put a ring on it. It would mean the world to me if you would do one or all of these things. First off, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts or all the places podcasts are available if you want to be extra. While you're there, giving a five-star rating and leaving a review would be epic. And lastly, Spreading the love by sharing your favorite episode would be beyond. Thanks, love. We'll talk soon.